Good morning. Did you know that the most important thing about you is that God loves you? He loved you to the cross and back. And part of his great love is that he gives you a life that matters. You never have to wonder, do I matter? Do I count? You are number one in God's book. And he gives you opportunities every day to live a life beyond yourself. I like to call it a legacy life. This is Sue Donaldson. As you listen today, ask God, show me how to spend today investing in people and your word, because both last forever. There's no better way to live. Good morning. Today we're talking about how people are the big deal and grace is the main thing. I met some Austrians in Trader Joe's right across the street, and they came by an hour later and stayed the night. My kids texted, why overnight, mom? We get it. You like hospitality, but why invite them to spend the night? They could be serial killers. Well, Sarah number one and Sarah number two did not seem like serial killers. When I asked them their name, they go, well, that's easy. I'm Sarah and I'm Sarah. Besides, they brought us chocolates from Trader Joe's. Not typical for serial killers to bring a hostess gift. Mark got on WhatsApp and called our friends in Austria so the girls could speak their own language, and they appreciated a hot shower and clean sheets after living in their van for a week or so. I have to admit, I did get up and I locked our bedroom door. I didn't tell them that. Just in case I was wrong and my kids were right. But we managed to live through the night. The next morning, I fed them chocolate chip pancakes and black coffee and sent them on their way. I don't know if I'll ever see them again. When God said, be hospitable, he added a caveat, which could only be divine. And I need to listen to those divine caveats. And while you're at it, don't be grumpy. It's easy to be grumpy because hospitality is work, especially if you don't think you're very good at it. It takes even more work because there's that mental and emotional strain of feeling inadequate. Some people are really great hosts. We describe them as good at entertaining, quote unquote. But God didn't say be good entertainers. There's a big difference. It seems to me that entertaining has more to do with me and hospitality has more to do with my guests. Now, hospitality can get confused with entertaining. Both are great. Both can be used by God, but they are not the same. Hospitality can seem difficult, impossible even, simply because we have that wrong idea. We've been fooled into thinking that hospitality is the same as entertaining, and it is not. The difference is focus and purpose. The focus of entertaining is often the host rather than the guest. The purpose of entertaining can often be to impress others rather than to serve them. Not always, but often. Once these differences are understood, we can begin to feel the freedom of welcoming the world to our door. And I mean the world, even Austrians that you just met at Trader Joe's across the street. Now we've all been to the perfect party. I attended one one evening. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I do love to eat and it was great food. The house shimmered with candlelight. The gourmet food wafted its seasonal fragrance throughout each room. And I ate with relish and delight. I don't mean pickle relish. It was practically perfect in every way, kind of like Mary Poppins. Actually, it was perfect. The way it looked, the way it smelled, the way it tasted. Southern living never had it so good. 
The evening was truly a work of art. What my host did was entertain, and she did it with flair and beauty. You would have loved seeing it. But is that what is meant by hospitality? If I thought so, I may never have anyone over. My house will never look that beautiful. Believe me, I can cook, but not quite like my darling hostess. And I doubt if I would take the time to carve out the mini pumpkins for individual servings of rice pilaf. I would probably cut myself. Entertaining can be used to showcase an accomplished hostess, portraying her ability to get things right, if only for a few hours, with a relaxed and good-natured attitude until the last guest is ushered out the door. Her home is immaculate, her food is delectable, her children are well-behaved. The perfect hostess, her friends exclaim, and they don't even attempt to compete. Does that make entertaining a less than worthwhile endeavor? I don't think so. <clears throat> God is the author of beauty and art. Some people love entertaining for art's sake, and the guests benefit as well. Believe me, I did. The artistic host is motivated to design the perfect setting or the most scintillating atmosphere. The taste of the food and how it's presented, right down to colors and textures, it gives them great creative pleasure, and that's the way God made them. However, great food, good times, a gorgeous home, a perfect home, is that what hospitality is all about? You know how I'm going to answer. If so, it can be far more pressure, pressure than most people want to add to their lives. No wonder couples these days would rather get a sitter and meet at a favorite restaurant if they can afford it. Can you imagine paying for dinner as well as a sitter these days? With these kinds of expectations on the host, only the most intrepid and confident person would dare send out the perfect invitation to the perfect party. Most cry, too much work, too much pressure, it's not worth it, and I would agree. When we see clearly just how different hospitality and entertaining are, we can begin to take steps towards being hospitable the way God intended. What are these main differences? First of all, in contrast to image-conscious entertaining, true hospitality focuses on the guest rather than the host. They ask questions like, what is my guest's need? I remember praying that right before I had a bunch of relatives in, and I thought, you know, these are my close family uh, members, and uh, but I still prayed for that, that I would be able to meet their need because they were going to be my guests. Another question is, how can they be served or comforted? or accommodated? Do they need a place to stay or just a listening ear? Do they need a bowl of soup or just a cup of water? I think that we can get all stressed out because we have no idea what their needs are, but God does. So we just give our day, our meal, our table to the Lord, and then he helps us meet their needs because he's really the only one who knows their deepest needs. And they might not have these huge expectations that we put on ourselves. Hospitality does not require perfection. It can happen with laundry on the couch and dishes in the sink. It can happen around a noisy table with macaroni and cheese as the main dish and ice cream for dessert. My sister Lori says anyone, almost anyone, can serve a bowl of ice cream. And she's right. Susan Branch wrote this, When someone steps into our home, we make ourselves in charge of their happiness. Well, of course, we're not responsible for everyone's happiness, but the mindset is a good one, don't you think? We need to ask, what would make this guest feel honored? 
most comfortable, satisfied? How can I show them that I care? Excuse me. And because I care, they will understand that God cares. Maybe they don't even know God. Hospitality is not only practical service for others, it reflects the character of God. If you are truly hospitable, you show graciousness and courtesy and kindness, which are all qualities of our loving God. Someone can show these qualities, courtesy, graciousness, and genuine kindness, without owning table settings for 12 with matching linen napkins from Pottery Barn. My friend told me that the hardest part of hospitality is trying too hard to impress with appearance and presentation instead of being genuinely warm and welcoming. Emphasizing these things can leave her feeling superficial and flat rather than warm, loving, and satisfied. She said this to me, I have to remind myself that entertaining is not the same thing as hospitality. I need to slow down and take time to nurture relationships. So right. I need to remind myself of the same thing, especially when I end up running around at the last minute, barking orders at the family to help me finish whatever isn't finished and making a general mess of a kind and loving atmosphere, all in the name of making things nice for the company. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. True hospitality is relationship-based rather than show-off-based. When our goal is to impress someone with our home decor or cooking skills, we are more concerned with showing off rather than the wonderful potential of developing a relationship right then over that simple cup of tea or glass of water. As I like to say, we can change the world with one cup of coffee at a time and tea works too, and so does water. The author Karen Maines wrote this, and I just love it. True hospitality comes before pride. It has nothing to do with impressing people, but everything to do with making them feel welcome and wanted. See how it's relationship-based? God wants to use our hospitality as a vehicle for Him to change lives, our lives and those we invite. There is no one more hospitable than God, and we are to be His welcome to the world. God is interested in me, but when I invite someone over, he wants me to show my guests that he's interested in them. Just a little change in focus that makes a big difference, especially to the people using my shower and eating my pancakes. And we do hospitality whether or not we have a gift or get a gift from Trader Joe's, or if we were raised in a home with guests spilling out the doors and onto the patio or up the attic stairs. The children's author, Cynthia Ryland, writes about how it feels to have all that crowding and spilling in her book, The Relatives Came. I love that book. I used to read it to my kids. She described it as, there was all that extra breathing in the house. (laughs) Now, I know people who are great at hospitality. They love on their guests and they don't worry about the mistakes. Most likely, they were raised in a home with all that extra breathing in the house. My friend Cess can throw a dinner party or brunch for 9 or 12 or 20 college students at a moment's notice, and it's not a big deal to her. One reason she hosts so easily as making as, as easy as making chocolate chip pancakes and coffee and two egg bakes from her freezer is because she was raised by her mama Marion, who knew that a welcome and a smile were the best ingredients for any gathering. She made great scones too. But not everyone was raised by mama Marion. It's a shame, really. 
I was surprised to find that my mom wasn't raised by a Mama Marion. Her folks, my grandma and grandpa, never had company. So she didn't know how to even begin. I didn't know that till long after I was married. <clears throat> she told me that when they were early married, dad invited the deacon board over for pie and coffee. Now, funny thing, mom could make a pie, but she didn't know how to make coffee. She cut the pie and put the pieces on the plates and then added the ice cream to each serving. It went downhill from that moment, she said. Horrified and stumped, she realized she couldn't get the top off of her new coffee maker. It was vacuumed shut tight. She tried for half an hour. <laughs> By that time, the ice cream, of course, was completely melted. Not only horrified, mom exclaimed, I was mortified. I was mortified just listening to her. She served hot coffee and soggy pie with mortification. Maybe you've served that as well. Mortification is a common ingredient for unpracticed cooks and hosts. I'm pretty practiced, but mortification raises its ugly head on occasion. Mortified for my mom, just listening to her story, I asked, Mom, why didn't you serve the pie first and just tell them to hold their horses? The coffee was on its way. I added, they were probably all engineers. You could have invited them into the kitchen to figure out your newfangled coffee pot and give them a chance to show off why they were engineers. She laughed. I would do that now. But then I was too young, inexperienced. I was too embarrassed. I get it. I've been that young and inexperienced and embarrassed. And while young and inexperienced, we think our mistakes are a big deal. It's not until we are older with a multitude of mistakes under our belts, having to do with a multitude of meltdowns, that we learn that they don't really matter very much in the big scheme of things. Maybe this is why you're hearing this today. Part of growing up, becoming mature, is not caring so much what people think of us. So then we take more chances. We still get embarrassed, possibly mortified, but we laugh more and we worry less and we find kindred spirits in our foibles and God in our efforts. Most importantly, we begin to offer ourselves a little grace. We need self-care in that area, don't we? Grace is the main thing. Paul talks about it to a bunch of folks who were more than just mortified. They were frustrated. People who like to follow rules thought that they could reach perfection by following them better than anyone else. We call that salvation by works, which doesn't work. <clears throat> the Bible isn't about trying harder. It's about Jesus and how he came to earth to die for all our mistakes. God calls that salvation by grace. As, in as says in Ephesians 2, For by grace we are saved, not by works, so no one can boast. The more I accept that grace, the easier it is for me to give grace to everyone else. I think that's called love. By the time I came along, I was the fourth of the five more kids. Mom was known as the queen of hospitality, not the queen of mortification. Her goal wasn't to be the queen of anything, however. She just liked people. She used to tell me, I'm just interested in people. So she practiced hospitality, even though she wasn't raised with it. That's what it's called now, you know, practicing hospitality, most likely because mom needed the practice. And when she did, she found out that melted ice cream wasn't such a big deal, but that people were. Philip Yancey calls what mom did as, quote unquote, breaking the chain of ungrace. Don't you love that? Mom was raised in the ungrace of no hospitality. 
but she wanted to help people know that they were a big deal to God by inviting them over for strawberry jello and baked chickens in the blue roaster on Time Bake on Sundays. So she kept inviting. And that's how she broke that chain. And she raised all us more kids with grace enough to do the same, only I don't usually make jello and I often buy the pie. We all know how to make coffee. Thank you, Mom. One night, on their way home from church, the folks got stopped by a police officer. This is another kind of mortifying experience. Don't worry, it still has to do with hospitality. My dad was in his 80s, his age, not the miles per hour, got caught. I add that last part because most people speed and rarely get caught. I may know this from personal experience. That may be called mercy, which is another thing like grace. The lady cop asked for their license and registration, as they are wont to do. And while Dad was getting what she needed, Mom, not able to resist getting acquainted with a stranger, even one in uniform, opened the conversation. So, how long have you lived in the South Bay area? I don't live here. I live in Temecula, she replied. How come? Mom asked. Not exactly nosy, just interested. That's so far away, she added. Well, my job is here the cop said. But I live with my boyfriend who lives there in Temecula. Curiouser and curiouser, Mom persisted. So why don't you two get married? By this time, Dad, eyes wide, staring straight ahead, began mumbling something like, Now Betty, now Betty. Mind you, Dad's gentle now Betty's rarely stopped a determined-to-know-all-and-why Betty Moore. He only hoped against hope that curiosity wouldn't kill a cop's goodwill. The officer answered with a smile. Oh, we don't care about getting married. Marriage is just a piece of paper. Really? A piece of paper? Mom could not help herself. I know this for a fact because often I can't help myself and this apple doesn't fall far from the mom tree. She kept going. Well, you sure were interested in a piece of paper from us just a few minutes ago. A pause. Then laughter, praise the Lord. Even the cop laughed. I wasn't there, so I don't know if she rolled her eyes or not. It was early evening. She may have had sunglasses on. It's California. All the same, Dad got off with a warning. Maybe Mom just wore her down. Maybe she was secretly hoping to get married and end up like this old couple. Then the coup de grace of Mom and her big, grace-filled heart would you like to sleep in our extra room when you work nights in our town? Then you wouldn't have to drive home so late. Surprisingly, the lady said yes. And for the next three months, my parents slept safe and sound with their personal security guard asleep in the front bedroom. She brought her own sleeping bag rather than cause more laundry for my mother, and the folks rarely saw her coming and going. I wonder now, did the officer ever, ever marry her boyfriend? Did she marvel at how complete strangers could open their homes so readily? Did she catch a glimpse of Jesus and his welcoming heart for those three months? I'm not sure about the answer to the first two questions, but I'm guessing she figured out there was something holy about the front room that my sister and I shared so many years ago. Holy because that's how God works. He makes room even when no one else does and sometimes in the most unlikely places. You know that Mary needed a room and fast because she was about ready to have a baby. It was late at night. She had been on the road and on a donkey, 
and she needed to lie down. Joseph knocked on a lot of doors and got the same answer. Sorry, buddy, you're too late. There's no room. Finally, an innkeeper who may or may not have had a mother named Betty said, You can use the barn. That's all the room I have. He didn't have a clue that he was part of a very big story, the biggest story. Since Jesus was born that night, and angels gave a party in the sky that we sing about every year. When that baby grew up, he talked about rooms waiting for us. I go to prepare a place for you so that you can always be with me, he said. Sometimes we just need to make room so that someone becomes part of the bigger story. That someone you meet at Trader Joe's and then comes to your house for pancakes finds out that God has a room waiting whether or not he made a reservation or obeyed all the rules or had a piece of paper. And that's what grace is. Mom broke the chain of ungrace, and you can too. I want you to think about a couple questions. Were you raised with all that extra breathing in the house? In other words, a lot of guests. How did that affect your view of hospitality? Or is there a grace that you didn't receive that you are in the process of changing into a grace for the next generation for the sake of your children? That's a legacy. Who can you make room for this next week in your home and on your calendar? Tis the season. I love 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I'll leave you for, uh, with a prayer. Dear God in heaven, thank you for your grace. You know my weaknesses and you love me anyway, all because of Jesus. Help me make room for another so that she will understand how you've made room for her too. Show me where I may need to break a chain of ungrace and help me to do so by your strength and power. Thank you and amen. People are the main thing, and God is sufficient. Merry Christmas. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.